Welcome to the Genius of Liberty, stories that celebrate the crucial but forgotten role Ohio played in the fight for women's right to vote. I'm Hillary Copsey, your host. Today's story is Saving Suffrage for the Nation. Cincinnatians George S. Hawk, John Druffel, and Lawrence Maxwell waged an 11th hour legal battle regarding Ohio's June 1919 ratification of the 19th Amendment. The decision by the U.S. Supreme Court a year later sided with Hawk, clearing legal hurdles that made it possible for Tennessee to ratify the 19th Amendment, making it the law of the land. The female generals of the great federal suffrage drive have found it impossible to continue the illusion of rat, 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 ratify by 1920, the anti-suffragists gloated in the pages of the woman patriot. Barely three months after the Ohio General Assembly had voted on the 19th Amendment, the Ohio Anti-Woman Suffrage League submitted a petition with more than 70,000 signatures calling for a referendum on the legislative action. The results of the election will show Ohio to be standing firmly for male suffrage and refusing to follow the lead of some of her more flighty sister states, League President John Druffel of Cincinnati predicted. Seeking to save Ohio's ratification of both woman suffrage and prohibition amendments, attorney George S. Hawk filed suit against the Ohio Secretary of State. According to suffragists, the question was a grave one, being the question indeed of which was to be the supreme law of the land, the federal constitution or a state constitution. When the Ohio Supreme Court rejected Hawke's argument that the state constitution prohibited a referendum on federal amendments, Hawke appealed to the United States Supreme Court. The stakes could not have been higher. The right of 11 million prospective voters to cast their ballots is involved in this situation, a Washington Post item explained. If the Supreme Court decided against Hawke, the suffrage amendment could not possibly be adopted in time to permit participation by women voters in November 1920. Confident of success, the Antis relied upon the legal acumen of Lawrence Maxwell, the former Solicitor General of the United States, who argued their side before the court with the quiet power that exhibits itself in great minds and mighty machinery. I do not think you have any cause to worry about Ohio, Maxwell assured them. On June 1, 1920, the United States Supreme Court handed down its decision in Hawk v. Smith, making front-page news across the nation. There will be no referendum now on the suffrage, prohibition, or other constitutional amendment in Ohio or any other state, the Chicago Daily Tribune declared. The National American Woman Suffrage Association remarked upon the significance of the legal decision in the pages of its last report. The opinion of the United States Supreme Court did three things. It quashed the Ohio referendum on ratification of the federal amendment. It prevented further referenda in other states. And it removed barriers to legislative action in Tennessee. No one, save those in inner circles, knows the tension under which suffrage leaders have had to carry forward the last details of the suffrage ratification program while waiting for that decision in Hawk v. Smith, reflected suffragists after the battle was won. It has hung over their heads in ominous sword-like potentiality, likely to drop at any moment and cut off the whole record of past achievement. 
It has moved remorselessly with them while they pressed forward from one state ratification to another. Basing his legal analysis largely upon the decision in Hawk v. Smith, Assistant Attorney General William L. Frierson advised the governor of Tennessee that the sitting legislature could legally vote on ratification despite a state constitutional provision to the contrary. President Woodrow Wilson sent a telegraph to Governor Roberts urging him to call a special session of the Tennessee legislature to act on the 19th Amendment as a real service to the party and to the nation. And on August 18, 1920, 11 weeks after the decision in Hawk v. Smith, Tennessee gave the 19th Amendment the final 36th ratification vote. Thank you for listening to The Genius of Liberty. This series is named after The Genius of Liberty, one of the first U.S. periodicals published by a woman. Elizabeth A. Aldrich covered women's rights conventions and advocated equal access to education, equal pay for equal work, and voting rights for women. She also had ties to the Mercantile Library. You can subscribe to this podcast through Apple Podcasts and find all of our episodes on soundcloud.com slash thegeniusofliberty. Our theme music is Battle Hymn of the Republic Medley by Marissa Anderson, originally recorded live on WFMU and used with permission. Catherine Dirac writes and voices all the Genius of Liberty stories, and Chris Messick records and produces the series, which comes to you from Cincinnati's Mercantile Library. Since 1835, you belong here.